0: Hey everyone, it's Dan Favalli. Remember to search Blue Wire Buckets in iTunes or Spotify for more NBA content. Welcome to episode 15 of the Clip City Podcast. I'm your host, Yovan Buha, Clippers beat writer for The Athletic. Coming to you 30 minutes after the NBA draft lottery, the Pelicans moved up to get the number one pick. The Grizzlies moved up to get the number two pick. The Knicks dropped to number three. And the Lakers moved up to number four. Now, from a clippers perspective, because this is a Clippers podcast and and that is through the lens we will we will look. Uh, I, I think this was a resounding win for the Clippers. Uh, I, I think all things considered, this could not have gone much better for the Clippers with the caveat that the Lakers getting the number four pick obviously is not good for the Clippers. I think that, you know, the, the Lakers were projected to be number 11 for them to move from 11 to four is not as big of a jump. I, I think in this draft as it would be in in other drafts, but objectively speaking, the number four pick is always better than the number 11 pick. No matter how shallow a draft is, you know, there's always gems outside the top three. And if you have confidence in your ability to draft, you know, you will find that guy at number four, uh, you know, number four pick. Pretty much, any top five pick is always good. And you know, once you get outside of that, once you get to to maybe eight, nine, ten, eleven, then you could, if it's a shallow draft, then you could start being concerned about how valuable that pick actually is. But give me a top five pick in any draft, and and you know, if you have the the right front office, the right scouts, the right personnel, you can find an all star level player with a top five pick. So. With, you know, with that being the caveat that the Lakers did improve their assets, which inherently is not good for the Clippers as they're going to be competing with them, not only in free agency, but potentially in the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. Uh, I think that is the one thing that did not go the Clippers way. Now, with that said, pretty much everything else went the Clippers way. And I think if you're the Clippers, you know, this summer is about two things. It, it's about free agency And it's about the 80 sweepstakes and you're going to be in the conversation for both. You're going to be in the mix for Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, and you're also going to be in the mix for Anthony Davis. You know, he, he stated that the Clippers were one of the teams on his list before that BS comment about everyone's on his list. You know, it's the, it's the Lakers, it's the Clippers, it's the Knicks, it's the Nets, it's the Bucks, or maybe not the Nets, but those are the four teams. Now, if you're the Clippers looking at how the lottery played out, so you you have the Lakers at four. and Now, while the Lakers at four is a better asset than the Lakers at 11, to most experts, to most front office people, this is a three-player draft. Now, there's a big drop-off from one to two. So whether you have John Moran at two or R.J. Barrett at two, there's a big drop-off from Zion to that player. But beyond that, there's a big drop off from the third guy to whoever the fourth guy is. Uh, you know, it could be Jarrett Culver, could be Darius Garland. Uh, you know, could be Bulbul. Could it could be whoever uh, whoever you want to put at four. Um, you know, there's a drop off from three to four. So, you know, the number four pick in this draft is not as valuable as the number four pick in a normal draft. Uh, I will say that. So, from from the Clippers' perspective, the Lakers getting the number four pick isn't great, but it's also not as devastating and destructive as the as the Lakers getting a top three pick. I think if the Lakers got a top three pick, right now there is some debate over whose situation is more attractive roster wise. Like the, the Lakers do have LeBron, they do have Ingram and, and Lonzo and Kuzma, but it, if you're the Clippers, you could also pitch you know having ready made role players, guys who have proven themselves, guys who have shown that they can succeed in, in roles kind of above their head, you know, with guys like Lou and Gallo, who really shouldn't be number one and number two guys on a playoff team, but were this season guys like Trez, uh, Shay and Landry, like the, the Clippers have the infrastructure to support a superstar. The Lakers have a lot of talent, but we don't know how, you know, we, we don't know how they even fit around LeBron, let alone a second superstar. So, to me, while on paper, I, I would still say, you know, on paper, not much has changed, right? Like the, the Lakers are still the team that a lot of people thought were a playoff team last year. We're, we're going to potentially have home court and, and the Clippers are are that, you know, projected lottery team. So not much has changed from that, really. Like, the, you know, the Clippers players are better than than we thought, than a lot of people thought they were. Uh, I predict, uh, you know, I predicted they'd be the number eight seed, but, you know, they're better than a lot of people thought. But that doesn't, you know, I still think on paper, you can make the argument, and, and probably some, you know some, if not most, would that the Lakers still have more talent than the Clippers. It's just the Clippers have shown they have more cohesion, more chemistry, uh, and you know they actually have a, a playoff infrastructure. So, I think had the Lakers gotten a top three pick, specifically the number one pick w- w- with Zion, that would have shifted completely in the Lakers' favor. I think it would have been you know there, there would have been no debate over which situation was more attractive. It would have been the Lakers and not the Clippers. So the, the Clippers. Avoided that crisis, they avoided that disaster. Uh, they they still now I think are on par, if not uh, ahead of the Lakers in the Anthony Davis sweepstakes, in the free agency sweepstakes in terms of how attractive they are as the destination. So, I think again, Lakers getting number four pick is not great, but it, it could have been much worse. It could have been the you know the two, two or three would have been much worse. Number one would have been a disaster. The Clippers avoided that. Now to number three, the Knicks. I think the Knicks are the biggest loser here, and, and I think the reason why that is is because this to me eliminates the Knicks from the Anthony Davis sweepstakes and makes them a lot less attractive in free agency. Uh, Anthony, like for the, I just do not see how the Knicks get Anthony Davis now. Like the number three pick, who's probably going to be RJ Barrett, uh, in in most drafts uh, from people I've talked to, RJ Barrett would be like a a number four to six pick. You know, he's not a normal number three. Or potentially even number two pick, uh, he and I just think he is not enough to single handedly get UAD. And then if you look at the rest of what the Knicks have, it's Kevin Knox, who, who was a bit of a disappointment last season. Came on toward, towards the second half of the year, but I, I still think you know I, I think if you redrafted that draft, Kevin Knox would go lower uh, than he ended up going. I think he was the what the ninth pick. Uh yeah, Mitchell Robinson, who I really like, but. You Know it was what a second round pick, uh, in you know I, I think projects as an elite backup center or or you know a solid you know lower end starting center, but I, I just I don't know if those two pieces are enough. You look at the rest of the East, you know you have Giannis and the Bucks who look like they're going to be atop the East for the next few years at least. You, you have Embiid and Simmons and the Sixers. Who, as long as they keep Tobias or Jimmy, uh, in just one of those two, they're going to be atop the East moving forward. You have the Raptors who, if they keep Kawhi, will be up there. The Celtics, if they keep Kyrie, or could somehow swing a, another star, uh, you know, or if Tatum or, or Brown take a jump, like the, the Celtics are going to be in that mix. You still have the Pacers who are going to be getting Victor Oladipo back. You, you have the Nets who, if they retain their core, should be better next season. You, you have teams in the East. That you know, if you just put a KD or a Kyrie on the Knicks, I don't, I don't see how, you know, at best they're like a four or five seed. I just don't see how they're better than that. So, to me, I think the Knicks, the Knicks were the real losers of today. Uh, they they got a big blow to their AD sweepstakes. I think at best they have the fourth best package behind the Celtics, Lakers, and Clippers, uh, and 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 Sixers. If the Sixers are willing to include Ben Simmons, which we we don't know what direction the Sixers are going to take this offseason, but I I think you know if if you're the if you're the Knicks, you know now you're kind of out of the AD sweepstakes in my opinion, and you're just a less attractive freedom destination. I think if they had gotten Zion, and whether they had Zion or AD, that would be a nice carrot to dangle for for Kevin Durant, for Kyrie Irving, for Kawhi Leonard, for Jimmy, for Clay, for whoever. But the fact that they will now be dangling the RJ Barrett carrot, I just don't think it's the same thing. You know, I think Zion. You know, for as good as um, RJ Barrett is going to be, and I think he has All Star potential, maybe even All NBA potential. Who knows? Uh, I-, I just don't think from day one he he has that same gravitas that that Zion has. He has that same uh, you know polish and-, and attractiveness. Like Zion, pretty clearly is going to be an All Star. Is going to be a potential all NBA guy. I just don't think you could say the same about RJ. If he's even the number three guy, maybe it's John Morant. Maybe someone else emerges in in the pre-draft workouts that, uh, you know, it becomes the the number three guy that everyone's gushing over. Um, Who knows? Like, you know, Tatum, I think is a good example of a guy who's a bit of a late riser. Uh, I think he, he had been kind of in that four to six, four to seven range for a while. Then all of a sudden he started getting buzz at three. uh, And then once the, you know, the, Celtics made that trade uh it became clear that that was going to be their guy but uh, and then the, the last factor so you know the, the Grizzlies I'm taking out of this because the Grizzlies are going to be a lottery team for a while they're probably going to trade Mike Connolly this summer and um you know I think they're going to be re- rebuilding but the third thing to to me that that's interesting um you know uh, of these top uh you know top 4 picks you, you got the Lakers you got the 4 pick I think it helps their asset war chest, but not not as much as you think. Uh, I think you have the Knicks who now are out of the AD sweepstakes and are a less attractive free agent destination. Uh, and again, when you talk about the Knicks, you got also you know if the Knicks never really made sense as a free agent destination. I think the only reason you would go there is a legacy play, is a branding play, a marketing play. You want to be the star, in New York you know, there's a lot of untapped potential there. You saw the way Knicks fans treated Carmelo Anthony. They kind of built him into a a legend and I think kind of gave him a bit of a legacy for some casual fans that he didn't really deserve. And and I think that will be the same thing if Kevin Durant goes there, if Kyrie Irving goes there. So if you're going to the Knicks, it's not about winning, really. It's about, you know, being in New York, the marketing opportunities, the off-court, you know, ventures that you could get into, and just kind of the legacy and branding of being a Knick and, and what that can do for your career and your brand and just your global appeal, I think that's a big factor. But if you're talking about winning, there's almost no scenario. Even if you put Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving together on the Knicks, I still think that they're, they're probably the fourth best team in the East. I don't see how they're better than the Bucks, Sixers, or Raptors with Kawhi. Uh, and now, look, Kawhi could leave. Uh, Kyrie, you know, in this scenario, Kyrie's leaving the Celtics. So you're, you're kind of bumping on the Celtics, but you still got the Pacers in there. You still got the Nets in there. Like, I don't think it's a for sure that the Knicks are that good because again, look at the rest of the roster. They really have nothing. And I think you've seen with, with the the Heatles who, you know, eventually did win the title. But that first year, what cost them the title was just having no depth and, and really being like a five or six. And, and even they had more depth than than the Knicks have. You you saw with those Nets teams, the Pierce, Garnett, Williams, Johnson, Lopez teams. You even saw with the Clippers. Like the the, the Clippers had at, at one point, you know, for a three, three, four year stretch, they had two top ten guys. And, you know, depth really did them in. They they never really were deeper than six or seven and that cost them in the playoffs. I just don't see the scenario in which the Knicks get KD and Kyrie and all of a sudden have all this depth and talent that they don't currently have. You know, I think it makes them a playoff team. I think it makes them a threat to, to make the second round, but I just don't see if those two guys really care about winning, how the Knicks make sense. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. Time consuming, expensive. So many carriers to choose from. How do you know you're making the best choice? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. Right now, Clip City listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use promo code BLUE. B-L-U-E. It's absolutely no risk. You could start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. ShipStation works with all your major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in blue. That's B-L-U-E. ShipStation.com, enter promo code blue. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. So now we talked about the Lakers, we talked about the Knicks let's get to the pelicans because the pelicans hold a, a lot of the cards now of the offseason uh i honestly don't know if getting zion will make the pelicans more or less likely to trade ad my gut instinct my gut reaction to the to the news was they are more likely to trade ad now because if you're ad you know for as good as zion is going to be and like I just said, you know, just said a few minutes ago, I think he has all NBA potential. I think he he's pretty much a lock, as close to a lock as a young guy could be to make an All Star team. You know, he he has that all, all NBA potential. He's not going to be that from day one. And, and even if you know, for Luka Doncic had a historic rookie season. Everyone was comparing him to to this guy and that guy, to LeBron, to Jordan, to whoever. For as good as Luca was. Look at where the, the Mavs ended up as a middling, you know, 30 something one team. And, and now, of course, the Pelicans have more talent. They have Anthony Davis, they have Drew Holiday, they potentially have Julius Randle if they bring him back. Uh, they have, you know, Alfred Payton, a guy I, you know, just one of the random guys I really like in the NBA. But that doesn't, like, to, to me, you put Zion on the Pelicans, they're at best like a six seed, they're, they're maybe a seven seed. I just don't see, I don't see how they're for sure. First off, I don't see how they're for sure a playoff team, but if they are a playoff team, they're they're a low tier playoff team. Like put Zion on the Pelicans. They're not better than the Warriors. They're not better than the Rockets. They're not better than the Nuggets. Uh, I don't think they're better than the Jazz, uh, who I think just got a a really bad shake in in their playoff matchup. Uh, Had they been on the Portland side of the bracket, I think the Jazz would be in the conference finals. That's my hot take. Uh they're not better than Portland. they're I don't think they're better than the Clippers. Uh, you know Clippers team that either will get better internally or will add a, a star. and they're pro- who knows if they're even better than the Lakers. like if the Lakers are healthy, even if they don't add a star, you know this is a, a team uh, a lot of people were picking as a four seed last year and they have this you know potentially have the same roster will probably be better just by not having guys like Rajon Rondo and Lance Stevenson on the team. Uh, and you know, the young guys theoretically taking jumps, like the Lakers should be better next year. I, I just don't see how the Pelicans are anything more than like a six or seven seed at, at best w- with Zion. and if you're a d, you've been talking about legacy, you've been talking about championships, you've been talking about wanting to be a perennial playoff team. Zion doesn't f- fix that. You know, Zion will fix that three years from now. Zion will fix that four years from now, you know, three or four years from now, the Pelicans, if, if they keep this core together, they could be the championship favorites, but I don't think AD is, you know, thinking down the line like that. I think he he's in that Kevin Garnett Minnesota mode where he wants to win now. He wants to go to the Celtics now. Uh, you know, the proverbial Celtics, not the actual Celtics. Um, you know, he he wants to be on that team. He wants to form that super team and be contending now. Uh, you know, pe- people. Uh, you know, I think people forget Ad is getting up there. You know, he's about to be 26, and while that's still young, he hasn't even really entered his actual prime, which is usually 27 to 29. You know, he he has an injury history. Uh, I think there are legitimate questions about how good of a team you can build with him as your best player. And you know, I, I just think you know an NBA player's career is fleeting. You, know, you look at look at Demarcus Cousins and, and the, you know the the back to back injuries he's had. Look at Isaiah Thomas and what happened to him. Those guys were never on AD's level, but you, you know, you never know when an injury is going to derail your career. Uh, and and I, I just think if you're AD, someone who's now pretty much had injuries every season, you just never know. You you don't you, you know you don't know if he's going to make it to thirty. You don't know if he's going to make it to thirty two. Uh, you know his body if he's going to hold up that well. So if you're AD. You know, the pressure isn't at like a nine right now, but it's like a six, maybe a seven. And, and I think for him, that was kind of why he did that. That's why he ultimately pulled that trade card and, and you know, demanded out of New Orleans was because I, I think he saw the the clock starting to tick. You know, it's, it's not midnight yet, but it's like seven or eight o'clock. And I, I think that for, for him, you know, he, he's just, he, he needs that playoff success. You know, he really, what other guy, you know, if you look at the, I would put AD off the top of my head, like the seventh best player in the league, you know, seventh or eighth. Um, the, the other, look at the top six guys ahead of him, like LeBron, three-time champion. KD, two-time, probably soon to be three-time. Uh, you got Steph, three-time champion. You got Kawhi, champion. You have Giannis now in the conference finals. Uh, you have Harden, who's made the conference finals a couple times. Like you have, all those guys have had deep playoff runs. Now, even Dame, who I put AD above Dame, but Dame, Dame, somewhere in that mix, it, Dame's now made the conference finals. Like I, I just don't, and he's the same draft as AD. Uh, I, I, just think if you are AD, you know, adding Zion to the Pelicans doesn't fix your your problem. And if you are the Pelicans, now you have now you have a foundation. Now you have something to build around. That you didn't even need to go out and get in a trade, you know. There's a huge difference from them getting like the sixth or seventh pick versus them getting the first pick, and, and for them to have that stroke of luck and to get the number one pick to get Zion, he's the ultimate AD replacement. You know, like he he probably is the best number one overall pick since AD in 2012. Uh, I just think now you're in a great position where look, you don't have to trade AD. Uh, obviously, I think he's still going to want out and. I think it's ultimately what's going to happen, and probably the best move for both parties. But if you do end up trading AD now, you're trading him from a position of power because you have Zion. So you've eliminated the Knicks from having the you know dangling the Zion carrot. You you eliminated you know Team X from having that over you. You have Zion, so now you kind of have the power. I think the Knicks are going to take the. uh, I mean, I think the Pelicans are going to take their time. They're going to look at the the trade packages. They're going to explore everything. You, you have the Lakers who could throw in uh, Ingram and Alonzo, this pick Kuzma, whoever uh, I I'm a little skeptical of the Lakers and Pelicans, you know, picking up their uh, trade packages, you know, trade talks again. I think David Griffin, um, you know, look, I, I think he lo- he loves LeBron and, you know, had, had the Lakers offered him a position, he probably would have strongly considered it and, and maybe gone to the Lakers. But uh, I just don't know if he's going to, if he's going to do them a solid and, and, Make that trade. I don't know if the Lakers have the, the best trade package. I, I think if the Celtics, we'll we'll see what happens with Kyrie, what what path they ultimately want to take. But I, I do think that the Celtics uh, still make a lot of sense for for as much as people want to give Jason Tatum flack and, and criticism and stuff. Like, dude's only twenty one. He still has that feather in his cap of of going toe to toe with LeBron in the conference finals. Uh, Jalen Brown has raised his trade value. And I think outside of those two, the Celtics young talent isn't as enticing as it looked last season, but those two, I think, you know, there are plenty of teams who would love to have the problem of having Tatum and Brown on your team. Uh, Now you're thrown in, they have four first round picks in in this draft. I believe, Uh, you know, they, they they do, Marcus Smart, I think is a, is a very good young role player. Uh, The the Celtics have some stuff And, and then you have the Clippers and the Clippers have, shay who i don't you know from what i've heard he is as close to untouchable as a, ros- a player is on this roster and they're really not going to want to trade him but you, you have shay you have landry who you know i i wrote um you know i wrote in a recent mailbag that someone asked me who who you know landry was like and if you look at his rookie numbers the the guys who are very similar to him clay thompson reggie miller ray allen uh rip hamilton jj reddick like that's a very good class to be in. Uh, you know, at, at worst, that's a borderline all star. Now, it's way too early to say Landry's on that level, and, and you know he still has to get better. He still has a lot to prove. But for a, a rookie who had basically no expectations, you know, late first round pick, you, you're not even really projected to play as a late first round pick. You know, for him to come in, carve out an important role on Philly, and then come to the Clippers, be a starter, you know, have that game in Boston, his first game as a Clipper come in re- really establish himself as the best shooter on the team, uh, a very important part of the offense, and then go into that Golden State series and earn the respect of the Warriors so much so that they focused more on taking out Landry than anyone else on the Clippers. The fact that they did that, uh, I think really spoke to Landry's shooting ability, his uh, you know, his offensive potency and and just really how much uh, you know the the defending two-time defending champs respected Landry en- enough to believe that taking him out was the key to disrupting the, the Clippers starting offense, which it really did, you know, taking out Landry really messed with the Clippers offense. And uh, I think that that speaks both, you know, to the Warriors respect for him and, and how important he is to the Clippers that the fact that him not being able to get off really did mess with the, the offensive flow and, and just the the Clippers spacing and pace offensively. So you, you got a guy like Landry, you have a guy like Trez, who's only 25 it's gotten better every year. Uh, he's on a really cheap bargain deal at six million a year. I think he's going to cash in next summer, but in, in the meantime, he, he's the best backup center in the league. And, and I think if he was a starter, would be somewhere around league average as, as a starting center, uh, m- maybe a little bit worse. But but he's in that mix. Uh, you have Gallo, who's an expiring at twenty two million. Uh, I think that's a bargain deal for for Gallo's you know, Gallo's value. I think is above twenty two million for, for a given season, I wouldn't necessarily want to pay him that long-term, but for, for one year Gallo on a $22 million deal, you know, Gallo, if he was a free agent, could probably get a $30 million deal, uh, for one year. You have Lou on an $8 million deal. Uh, you, you have Jerome, who I, I think has a lot of untapped potential Looked better towards the end of the season. And, um, you know, I, I think is a, as a nice buy low candidate, uh, if you're, if you're an opponent, uh, and, and then you, you have that 2021 Miami pick, you have the 2020 Philly pick. Uh, which could get really interesting if if tobias and jimmy walk, Philly should still be good with we, just Justin Biden Simmons, but the Philly situation could could get ugly potentially very quickly, depending on how things play out there. Uh, you know, Brett Brown's gonna be retained, but JJ, Jimmy, and Tobias could all potentially leave and and all seek other more, you know, not more lucrative, but but more enticing opportunities elsewhere, you know, bigger roles in the offense. And that could really leave the the Sixers depleted. That would be the one case in which you know, maybe the Knicks surpass them. But I, I I just think that the 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 Clippers have uh, you know a more attractive package than than the Knicks and, and potentially a a more attractive package than, than the Lakers or Celtics. It's just a matter of what they're willing to give up. I think there's a real concern and, and threat and potential if if you're the Clippers and, and you have to give up. Let's just say let's say the Pelicans draw the line in the sand at Shea and say, you know, you can keep, if if you want to keep Landry, you want to keep Trez, like, you know, keep whoever else you want to keep, but we have to draw the line in the sand at Shea. Shea is a building block for us. We'd love to pair Shea and Zion together. And you're the Clippers and you decide, all right, let's, let's part with Shea. So you put Shea in, you put the 2021 Miami pick, you put a future Clippers pick, and let's just say you put in, gallo and you put in i'd have to look at you know i don't have the trade machine in front of me but like let's just say that that's that's the theoretical like gallo shea the 2020 miami pick and and the philly pick for some people that's too much uh for me i i don't know like i i think for as for as good as shea can be right uh, i think Shea has all-star potential uh, i think he could potentially be a, a top 20 player at some point like anthony davis you know, I said he's a top seven or eight player, like he's also potentially a top three player. Like he he's a potential number one player. Like Anthony Davis could, you know, Anthony Davis' ceiling is undeniably higher than Shay's. And and now you're obviously on different time tracks where Shea's 20 and 80's to 26, or about to be 26. So, you know, it's it's not really fair to compare them, but I think Peak Shea, you're like like Shea's hitting his complete upside you know, his one out of 100 scenario upside and being on AD's level. Like, so, you know, and Gallo, for as good as Gallo is, because you're saying, all right, well, Gallo's in the deal. Gallo's in an expiring deal. He's going to be a free agent. I do not, you know, if he, if Clippers don't trade him, I would be very surprised if they resigned him next summer. So Gallo, for all intents and purposes, is an, exp- is an expiring deal that the Clippers are going to be losing anyway. So like, you know, I, I just think, I think Shea and Gallo and the Miami pick Is a fine package for the the Philly pick. Who knows? You know, I just said it could be valuable, but who knows? It it could be a late first. uh, You know, they could get their, um, you know, they could get their act together this summer. Keep Jimmy. Keep Tobias. Roll into next season as the best team in the East. Who knows? But uh, I I just think if you're the Clippers, let's say you do that deal now, you're bringing AD into a situation with with Lou, with Trez, with with Landry Shamit. With Jerome, uh, maybe with Pat, maybe with Jermichael Green. Who knows who else they they bring in free agency? But like I, I just I'm a little bit concerned of like how good is that team actually? And you know, is that team even better than this season's team? Uh, you know, I guess Shea and Gallo versus A D, like, yeah, I'd favor the A D side, but you know, is is that is that even a fifty one team? Is, is that a fifty five one team? Like, I I don't know. Uh, and, and you gotta you gotta factor in like you know, there's going to be other teams in the West that, that get better. Like Dallas should be better. Uh, the Lakers should be better. Uh, the the Kings could potentially be better. The, the Suns could be better. Like the, I think there's multiple teams The the, who knows the, 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 the nuggets could get better. The jazz could get, but like, I, I think there, there are multiple teams in the West that could just get better by internal improvement or by potentially in free agency or trade or whatever that I, I don't I don't think it's a shoe-in that just because you get AD, you're automatically this, this championship contender if you're the Clippers. Now, if you're pairing AD with Kawhi, AD with KD, AD with Kyrie, now it's a different story. So If, if the Clippers get the guy in free agency first or, or have that inkling, then I think the AD trade makes a lot more sense, uh, but still, you're still running the risk of you know a, inherently in a trade you have to give something up and you have to give something up of value because it, you know, the opposing, you know, team wants something back, especially for a guy like AD. Now the Pelicans can comfortably, again, negotiate from a position of strength where they don't have, you know, they they don't have to kowtow to to AD anymore. They don't have to, to bend the knee. They can keep him if they want. And I think that's the worst case scenario for them is keeping him and he just walks and, and they don't get something back. But I don't think they still have that I don't think they have that pressure anymore that they were going to have this offseason had they not gotten Zion or even a, really a top 3 pick. So I think this, this is a resounding win for the the Clippers, a resounding win for the Pelicans, a a marginal win for the Lakers, a solid win for the Lakers I guess. Uh and I think there's a big loss for the Knicks. I, I think the Knicks uh really got the short end of the stick here. I mean, at least they got a top 3 pick, so they're going to get one of the three guys in the draft. Uh, maybe it's John ja Morant. I think he'd be a great fit in New York in, in terms of just his his style of play, and and you know just I think his I think that would make him a star in New York. But in terms of you know the eighty sweepstakes fragency, I think the Clippers are the winners here, and I, I think the the Pelicans are the winners here, and I, I think the the Lakers are, are you know I, I guess Lakers are winners, but I, I don't think it it went as you know it could have been a lot worse for the Clippers. Uh, and, you know, that that is that is my uh, first reaction to this. I will think about this more. I'll be writing about this topic for The Athletic. That will be up tomorrow morning. Uh, I'd like to know what your thoughts are when I post this episode on Twitter uh, and on Instagram. Please uh, respond to, to my story. Respond to the tweet. Let me know what you think. As always, thank you for listening to the Clip City Podcast. Uh, you can find my work on the Athletic. You can subscribe for the price of the price of a beignet, uh, uh, of a couple beignets that, that uh, Zion will be familiarizing himself with in, in New Orleans. Now, uh, you could subscribe for the price of a couple beignets to the Athletic for a you know one week free trial. Check it out. If you uh, if you like it, keep subscribing. If you don't, obviously, you, you can unsubscribe, though I would highly not recommend that. Read my work, read my Clippers stuff. I've been writing Clippers report cards on a daily basis, uh, recapping what guys did well, what guys could have done better, a performance that uh, summed up their season, a tweet that summed up their season, uh, a stat that summed up their season, uh, giving you know what to look for this off season for them, whether that's their future with the team or what they need to improve on and get better at. If it's a younger guy, and, and then a final overall grade. So check those out. Uh, I've done Shea, I've done Pat, I've done Lou, I've done Jerome, I've done Trez, and I've done Gallo. Now uh, Gallo was the sixth one. He went up today. Uh, besides that, you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Jovan Buha at J O V A N. B-U-H-A. And last but not least, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you like to get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, uh, please subscribe, please rate and review, five-star review, uh, You know, nice, loving, supportive comments. I love the positive feedback. I appreciate everyone who listens to this podcast. I, I really do. Anytime. I get feedback, uh, you know, it really means a lot to me just because this, this is something that, um, you know, we're, we're growing here with blue wire. Um, and, and, you know, I'm proud to be a part of, and I just think that, you know, what, what we're doing here is special from the, from the ground up. And, you know, it's one thing to have the athletic platform behind me, uh, which was, you know, already established for a couple of years before I got there, but, you know, blue wire is, is up and coming right now. And I think to, to kind of get in, uh, early on this process has been really fun for me. And, uh, just, you know, to see how many fans that have been engaging and listening to the podcast has been great. So anytime I get some good feedback on that, I really appreciate that. Uh, so subscribe, you can search clip city or blue wire, uh, wherever you get your podcasts and I will be back next week.